I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Good evening, Steeler fans, and welcome to Wednesday night right here on Behind the Steel Curtain Radio. Since it's Wednesday night, it's time to turn our attention to the Steelers' upcoming game against the Baltimore's Raven, about Baltimore Ravens. That's what we do here on Know Your Enemy. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. Here with me, filling in for Shannon White, our very own Tyler Huntley, Brian Anthony Davis. How you doing, Brian? <laughs> really good. I'm not nearly as fast as Tyler Huntley, but maybe a little bit faster than Shannon. I think if we did do a 40-yard dash, I may win that. But no, I'm just so glad to be here. This, uh, this is one of my favorite shows. Uh, this was the brainchild of me. You guys just made it good uh, just years ago. <laughs> And so I I did an article called Know Your Enemy. So I just love what you do with the show. And I'm so glad to be here and look at the guest we have tonight, man. This is fantastic. And it's Ravens Week. And speaking of our guest here, here to tell us all the secrets the Baltimore Ravens have to offer, <laughs> former Raven Daniel Wilcox. Daniel Wilcox, welcome to the show. Jeff, Brian, thank you guys for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. I'm excited, man. I'm excited to talk about, you know, Ravens and Steelers football. You know, it's always the hypest game of the year, every year. Earlier this year when we had the, we were talking about the Saints, we had Terrence Cooper on here. We got Mm -hmm. to find out he had, he was on that 2018, played in that AFC championship game. Dan, you are our second guest who played in the 2008 AFC championship game. Obviously we Steelers fans Love talking about that. I never get tired of thinking and talking about that game. <laughs> I understand if you don't want to dwell on it, but uh, I thank you for coming here, talking to us Steeler fans, uh, even with the history of this rivalry and how much you probably don't like the sight of our jerseys. And for example, my little poster in the background there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a nice, it's a nice poster. I saw it. I saw <laughs> it as soon as I came on, Jeff. You know, it's it's okay. You can rub it in as much as you want. It, there's nothing you guys have that you guys didn't earn. I can tell you that much now. You know, Pittsburgh, I got a lot of respect for that team. I grew up, you know, a Pittsburgh Steelers fan a little bit. I like I used to like Mean Mean Joe Green, those commercials he used yeah. to have with, you know, I think was it the Coca-Cola commercials he used to have? Yeah, you give a kid yeah. a Coke. Yep. Yeah, I used to love those commercials as a kid growing up. It made me really want to be a football player. You know, getting a chance to play in Pittsburgh at Heinz Field was a phenomenal opportunity for me. I played five years in Baltimore and had to go see go to Pittsburgh every year for five years. And that AFC Championship actually my, it was my last game. I retired after that game. Really? Um, yeah, I, I got banged up the year before, and um, I came back and played that season. And I remember being on crutches for almost a year. I missed almost the whole season the year before. Came back that season and actually played my first game. My first week of practice was the first week of the season. I missed all the preseason, all the training camp, all of that stuff. And then um, came back and played every single game that season. Um, I called a touchdown that game. I want to say against Palomalu in that game. Uh, it was a, I mean, we had a great game that game, but you guys just played much better than we did. And um, y'all had the the Raven killer 
you know, uh, my ex teammate that played with me in, in, um, in New York uh, has James Farrier, right? Potsy, oh, yeah. AKA Yo. Potsy, my dog. I love Potsy. Yeah. Then my other ex teammates, James Harrison, the Raven killer, you know, James Harrison played with me over in NFL mm-hmm. Europe and Germany. We was on the same team together over there. And Ryan. And Ryan fire. Yep. You know, so James, man, he, for some reason, you know, I, I mean, I, everybody know the story, you know, he, he was oh, yeah. in Baltimore he, when he was got allocated over to Germany. I was a free agent over there. Um, I came back, the Ravens signed me. They let James go to Pittsburgh because they had too many freaking linebackers at the time. Um, and James was like low man on the totem pole. He got hurt actually in, in Germany, so had to come back early. Didn't get a chance to finish the season. Um, only played like three games, I think, before he got hurt and came home. Um, and then James went over to Pittsburgh, and he had like this vendetta against Baltimore, man, like every freaking game. <laughs> I hated practicing against him every day because he was so freakishly strong for any human being in this world. And me being an undersized tight end, me having to line up in front of him, he's on the edge guy, outside backer type. You know, he would literally forklift me sometimes and just say, move out the way, Wilcox. I'm going to get your quarterback. You know, and it was, you know, it, it had some embarrassing moments against James, man. But he, I mean, he was just unbelievable when the game was on the line and when it counted the most. He just did some phenomenal things. All I think he worked his way all the way to a Hall of Fame caliber player. Love James oh, yeah. Harrison. Huge fan. He's actually in the semifinals right now. So it could mm-hmm. be a possible possibility first year on the ballot. Um, maybe yeah. you might have to wait for a while, but I'm glad you brought up uh, – Debo, that's one of my yeah. all-time favorites. And I had a chance to meet him a few times uh, years ago and just a blast. But do you know how he got his start basically in Pittsburgh? What happened? No, what happened? So <laughs> William Green and Joey Poor went at it in Cleveland in a preseason game and they threw punches. They mm-hmm. both got ejected. I Here remember that. James and James had like uh I think he had a sack and uh, a forced fumble, and the rest was was history. He uh, yeah he had a spot. Yeah, that's that's exactly how people get forgotten about. Joey Porter was a nuisance too for you guys as well. I remember him playing him early when I first got to Baltimore in two thousand and four. He was always a problem too. So um, when James came and took over, he was more of a problem than Joey Porter was. So <laughs> I mean, that's how that's how good James really really is, man. And you can't take anything away from James, aka Debo. That was one of the names we gave him over in Germany, by the way, the Debo name. You know, he used to walk around to my, hey, um, what you got on my 40, homie? You know, repeat, <laughs> repeat. <laughs> he used to be acting like Debo from the movie Friday with Chris Tucker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he used to come That's over there so all awesome. the time talking just like Debo, man. He sounds just like him, look like him sometimes when he make that crazy face. And, um, you know, he's just a phenomenal guy, man. I, I can't say enough good things about James Harrison. That is that is amazing for you to have connections with James Ferrier, James Harrison. That's 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 really good stuff. Uh, have you ever been part of a rivalry that is even anything like Raven Steelers? Uh, is is there anything no. like that? Because I know I know people who have been in it always say there's nothing like it. But is it yeah. is it really that different from every other game? Yeah, man. You you know going into that game, Jeff, that you're going to come out with some kind of injury. You know, you. I, I remember, I can remember two games that year in 2008. The opening kickoff, somebody got taken out, 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 you know, off the field on the stretcher. The opening kickoff. Yeah. You know, I know it was one time. It was one of our guys, Haruki Nakamura, our safety. We had picked up. Oh, yeah. I think Haruki played at either Cincinnati or Notre Dame. I can't remember. We brought we brought in two safeties that year. Um, Zibakowski, 
I think Zibikowski was a Notre Dame guy and Haruki was from Cincinnati. He came down on kickoff on the opening kickoff, on opening kickoff return. One of your guys was coming down. I think it was at the five spot. The guy that he hit was his college roommate. He played for Pittsburgh and wow. knocked him clean out. They had to come get him off the field on the stretcher. And then there was another game we played, and, and I think it was in Baltimore, and Pittsburgh did it to us. They took one of our guys out. It was a crackback blindside block. The guy never saw him coming, knocked him clean out, had to take the our kid off the field on the stretcher. The opening play, like that's it, you had to have a tone setter in that game. You had to let the other team know that it was going to be a long day for them. Ed Reed got hurt Pittsburgh-Baltimore game. Hines Ward hurt Ed Reed, and Ed Reed was never the same after that. He played his last five or six or seven seasons, you know, with an injured neck due to Hines, a hit that he took from Hines Ward in one yeah. of the games we played in Pittsburgh, you know, and um, it just it was it was one of the most bloodiest, you know, bruising games, most physical games you was gonna play every year, and I still compare every game to those those games against Pittsburghs. Anytime I see anybody beat up on the Baltimore Ravens, I said they came out and they thugged us out like they was Pittsburgh. You know, I compare it to Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. You know, because that was the only team that I felt like really had the kind of stigma that we had, you know, in Baltimore. You know, in comparison to Steel City, Charm City, it's kind of like the it's, – it's a huge comparison in those two cities. You know, got a little grit to it, a little griminess to it, still got a little classiness to it. You know, they both on the water. It's just – it's something about those two cities and those two teams. You you both you feel like both teams is the black sheep of the league. You know, we had a, t- we had a game – and I think they threw more penalties on us than any team in the history of the NFL. Like, it's like, come on, Ralph. Who's going to get that many penalties in the NFL? Everybody is a pro here. It's no way we got freaking 20-some penalties in one game and broke an NFL record. It's because we're the Baltimore Ravens. You know, Pittsburgh is the only other team in the league that I think would possibly have a game like that, you know, where everybody everybody on the team is some kind of character and they're going to give you some kind of crazy energy. You know, oh, your yeah. James Harrisons, your, you know, your James Farriers, you know, your your Troy Palomalos, who's quiet but got hair all the way down to his ankles. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's, it's so much crazy stuff going on, man. Um, your Heinz Wars was off the chain back then. Your Ben Roethlisberger was party animal all, all over the place and then come and beat you at the end of the game. You, he going to find a way to come back and drag two or three guys to the ground while he's throwing the ball 30, 40 yards downfield for a touchdown. The Santonio Holmes catch against us in the corner of the end zone. Come on, man. Like, you – you can't you can't make this stuff up, man. It was a phenomenal experience, man, playing against you guys every year, twice a year. And we knew that game was going to be a bruiser every single time. Well, you knew it was going to be a bruiser, but there's there's something here in Pittsburgh. And I, I think the same in Baltimore with fans, because like I told you before, I live in Maryland. And mm-hmm. our editors, uh, Jeff and Dave, they live in Maryland, too. Hey, and, Jeff. Hey, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they'll, they'll love that. Uh, but so basically, what I'm trying to say is the fans kind of think that there's a hatred between uh-huh. these two teams. Yeah. But there's not a hatred. There's a more of a respect, right? I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, Brian, if you, if you really had to, to sit down and really think about it, there's a level of respect given for both teams because you know you got to come bring your A game every time you play each other. So that gives you respect right off rip. But at the same time, you're trying to figure out how you can really eliminate this other team. You're not – you're trying to annihilate the other team. You're trying to really beat them by any means necessary, you know. And and it's it's a rivalry. It's a true rivalry. It's not like any other game I've played in. And, um, you know, mad respect to Pittsburgh. You know, we knew we was going to see a million terrible towels. 
worst towel in the world, you know. But um, <laughs> we knew we was gonna see a million of them. We knew people was gonna throw stuff at the bus, you know, moon us, all kind of crazy stuff as we come in the stadium or leave the stadium. And we know, see, see what I'm saying? Like Brian, you don't have to do that. Everybody knew what that stupid towel looked like. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love it. But um, I mean, it's, it was going to be one of those games, like week in and week out, that was going to you was never going to forget. You know, you're never going to forget this game. You're gonna you got playmakers on both sides of the ball. The defense is always going to be in the top five in the league every single year. So you know you was going to go ahead and get it. Come out of this game with a headache. Let me ask you one more question before we move on. Okay. Is it true, this is legend in Pittsburgh, that Joey Porter tried to fight the entire Baltimore bus? I don't know if he tried to fight the entire Baltimore <laughs> bus. I mean, you got to think about it. You know, we got some pretty gangster guys in our team, too. <laughs> I don't think Joey Porter want to run up on our bus. But Joey Porter did have a mouth on him, man. I mean, he, had, he, he talked more crap than anybody I know. You know, but um, now I remember him doing something. He hurt Todd Heat my first year in Baltimore in 2004. We was at Baltimore. I think it was my first game. We was at home. It might have been the first game of the year. And I remember Todd got hurt, like, the play prior, and he literally limped to the line of scrimmage because he was hurt. And I think Joey wasn't 100% sure if he was hurt or if he was just faking it or something. And Joey came off the ball, fired off on – and he literally was limping to the line of scrimmage just to get set. I'm not sure if he was spiking the ball or if he was going to run a play. But Todd probably they should have called a timeout. And got Todd off the field. He should he literally limped up to the line. Joey Porter came off, fired off on and hit him, and the whole team ran up on Joey like, man, what the heck you doing? You know, like, back up. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't do that. Yeah. You know, Ty's our guy. You know, so I mean, it was definitely some bad blood there. You know, along the way, and I think when Joey had got interviewed after that game, he was like, I wasn't sure if he was hurt, if he was just playing or whatever. You know, and that's it's that type of league. You never know. You absolutely never know, especially Pittsburgh, Baltimore. You never know if somebody faking hurt just to run right by you, or if they really hurt for real. So you know, you got to you got to be on you got to be on your p's and q's at all times. Moving on from all of this fun talk to uh, the actual <laughs> game coming up this week, okay, and this current iteration of the Ravens Steelers Steelers rivalry. It one of the most interesting storylines for me every year with this matchup is how few games Lamar Jackson has actually played against the Steelers. Yeah. Since he's become a starter, he's missed, I think five games, three of them against the Steelers. This is going to be wow. his sixth game since he took over. Cause his first start in 2018 was right after the Steelers game, right after the second Steelers game. They right. were like, okay, now you can, now you can start. You I don't, don't want to play the Steelers as a rookie. I don't and then since then, this is going to be the, the sixth matchup here and he's missed or eighth seventh eighth matchup something like that and he's missed most of them he, yeah. he's one and two against the Steelers and this is going to be his seventh game after he became a starter they're going to play the Steelers uh it's crazy to me because two of those games two of those seasons he missed one game and it was a game it against the Steelers, Steelers. And, that's it. <laughs> and it wasn't even like the one was the COVID game like it wasn't even an injury right it's just it's crazy to me that they've missed that kind of situation. And I mean, Tyler Huntley, this is his second game against us. He's going to be one game behind Lamar Jackson in starts against the Pittsburgh Steelers from where the That's Baltimore crazy. Ravens. That's crazy. It's, it's crazy to me that we really haven't seen him. And, and so I think Pittsburgh, there's a lot of disrespect for Lamar Jackson and what a mm. great player he is because we haven't seen him. Right. And like the one game he beat the Steelers was with Rudolph and Hodges playing. And then Ben Brossesburger got the best of him the two times they faced off. 
And I, I, don't, I don't think there really is a respect for what Lamar Jackson is here in Pittsburgh. Uh, how do you how do you view Lamar Jackson? I think Lamar is probably one of the most dynamic guys in the NFL, just period, just players, you know, QBs, you know, any position. I think he's one of the most dynamic players in the NFL, you know, so much so that he did get the MVP his first year starting. Um, and, and, and it shows that the whole league respected what he does. Um, I think he's a guy, he's a, a rare talent. He's been doing this for a long time. You can go all the way back to high school film and he was doing the same thing in high school. If you go back to little league, he was doing the same thing in little, little league. You know, I think he's a very unique, talent, talented guy. You know, playing against the Pittsburgh Steelers, you're going to go against one of the top defenses in the league every single year. Um, and I don't know if it's a blessing that that he doesn't play against Pittsburgh or is it a blessing that he does play against Pittsburgh. I don't know, but I know I know he's a kind of quarterback that I would have loved to play with. You know, he extends plays. He gives me a little bit more time to get open. Um, you know, I know I get a chance to get more balls downfield if I just run. Um, if I make a separation, he he could drop a dime in there at any moment, and he loves throwing the ball to us, the tight ends. You know, why wouldn't I love mm-hmm. to play with this guy, right? Um, and he and he's the type of quarterback that gives you hope. You know, like one year we had Steve McNair in Baltimore, um, we had hope that year. You know, we felt like could nobody stop us, could nobody beat us. We was gonna have a chance to win every game because we got one of the top defenses in the world, which was always in the top two or three or four, and um, then you got one of the best quarterbacks that gives you this hope that you're going to have a chance to win. And that's what Pittsburgh has always had. They always knew that Ben Roethlisberger was going to give them an opportunity at the end of the game to pull this thing off if they just played great defense. And that's what Baltimore has always stood on, great defense, just like Pittsburgh. Um, now they finally got an offense to kind of match that defense, and the defense is kind of acting kind of weary. So um, I think Lamar not, not playing is a huge disadvantage to Pittsburgh fans, you know, to kind of see such a dynamic player play the game. And if he's lost two out of the three that he's played, he knows the same thing that you guys know. He's going to be trying to get back to get that thing to two and two and get it to three and two and get it to four and two so that he starts winning those battles. Um, He's a competitor, man. He really loves to compete. You know, you don't win a Heisman Trophy and and a league MVP, you know, if you're not a a competitor. You know, he wants to be really, really good. And unfortunately, he had a, a you know injury he suffered in practice last week, and then he kind of re-injured it again in the game. And it's Huntley's turn to go shine. When you got somebody as dynamic as Huntley backing you up, I mean, go ahead, Huntley, be a Pittsburgh killer this week and see if you can pull this thing off for us. You know, so I mean, he's a he's a gifted guy. I think it's a disadvantage to any fan that doesn't get a chance to see Lamar Jackson play live. There's a lot of people in Pittsburgh that are actually uh, just as worried about mm-hmm. Ty Huntley because we yeah. feel like there's not just not that much of a drop off. But I do want to drop something in real quick just yeah. to clarify that stat about Lamar not playing. If you go back to 19, the final game was not an injury situation. It was Robert. Yeah. They everything was wrapped up. Yeah. RG3 was playing at QB for them. So I I feel like we just missed out on them there as yeah. well just because it was it was a uh, sit and rest for the playoff situation. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that situation too. And then they had a first round bye and they lost the first different second round. Tennessee, right? yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Tennessee blew them out. But beat them up pretty bad. Um that was the famous play with Derrick Henry stiffed arm our safety. Oh, who's, yeah. who's, no, who's who's now retired from that stiff arm? <laughs> it was Earl, yeah. wasn't it? It was Thomas. Earl Thomas, yeah. Oh, yeah. it was Earl Thomas. Boy, I, I feel like we can go for for seven hours because I have so many questions. You say Earl, now I've got eighteen <laughs> more questions. Um, but you know, let's let's go back to Ty Huntley though. I mean, yeah, he's funny. Really, there's not that much of a drop off. 
I, I think I think there is. So when, when you look at Tyler and you look at Lamar, you see both of them have very similar traits and very similar qualities, right? Um, and it's not like it's like freaking Joe Montana and Dan Marino, right? Yeah. So you got two very dynamic guys that could run. It's like having um it's like having Lamar Jackson and Michael Vick, you know, kind of looking at having two guys that could do kind of the same things back there at the at the at the um in the backfield at the helm. And uh, I think that's a, that's taking your hats off to you know the Baltimore Ravens scouting department. Yeah, I think those guys just do a phenomenal job. They knew they knew they had Greg Roman. They knew he was going to put in that RPO style offense. They went and got two quarterbacks that could run the RPO to perfection. And Lamar um, Lamar Jackson is phenomenal doing it. Tyler Huntley is phenomenal at doing it. Um, but it's a very different mystique back there when Lamar number eight is back there versus when number two is back there. Now, keep in mind, number two could hurt you just as much as number eight can. They both are Florida guys. They both grew up playing against each other. They've been knowing each other since they was kids. You know, they've been playing against each other since they was kids. And I think I think Huntley is just a little shorter than Lamar, but plays, you know, plays very, you know, he's a very dynamic player as well. I think Lamar being back there, though, there's a, a nail-biting scenario that happens for every defense. Like, we got to play Lamar Jackson this week, bro. We got to be on our P's and Q's. They know they can't let contain get outside. They know they got they can't let them go up the middle, you know. So they know they're gonna have to force this this very very cute pocket to try to contain this guy and keep him inside that pocket and try to grab jerseys, ankles, shoestrings, socks, underwear, anything they can grab to get this guy down. And he's that dynamic. And I, I think there's a there's a, a a level of understanding. We can't let this guy beat us, right? And um, when you put when you have Huntley back there, you're like, whew, thank God it's not Lamar, but we still got to worry about this kid, you know, that type of thing. So um, I think Huntley could definitely beat Pittsburgh. I think the Ravens can, you know, if they come in and they play their best game. Uh, we have not been playing our best game, so I'm biting my nails going into this game just like I was the last one and the one before this. Um, and I, I really think that Pittsburgh, that Pittsburgh is not rolling on all cylinders like they have been in the past. Losing Ben Roethlisberger yeah. shows you exactly how important the quarterback position is. You know, you, you you forget that having somebody so good that played that spot for you for so long that was a, a Pro Bowl caliber player every year, you forget how important that position is because you've been spoiled for so long having somebody <laughs> like Ben back there. Now he leaves and all of a sudden everything looks like it's unraveling and you're like, crap, you know, you know where do you go from here? You know, and um, and it's a, it's a very important position to have. Very important position to have. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a hard transition here in Pittsburgh because uh, a lot of people look at Kenny Pickett, some of his struggles he was having, and be like, he's terrible. Yeah, and you're like, no, he's he's not terrible. And they're yeah. like, they're like, no, he's not good. And it's like, yeah, he's not Ben. Yeah, you know, he's not Ben, yeah. but that's okay. It's okay yeah. to be not Ben Roethlisberger. It's yeah. a, 18 years. We had people this year being like. I've been a Steelers fan since I was like six. I'm 24 now. And I've never had another quarterback. Right. Crazy right. stuff like that. Like it's, See, it's just amazing how long that's been. I don't feel sorry for you guys because my <laughs> first my first three years I had Kyle Bowler in Baltimore. Y'all just kicked our butts and y'all didn't care about our quarterback at all. So once we got somebody that was worthy back there, your you know your your Flacco's, your McNairs, all of a mm -hmm. sudden we now we can compete for real. Like what's up? You know, y'all <laughs> you you know, had to do something. Right, right. You know, so you got Kyle Bowler back there, just like, you know, Pickett is not bad. Kyle Bowler wasn't bad. You look at his, his statistics and all his measurables. This guy was definitely a pro quarterback. He got an arm that can make every throw on the field. You know, mm -hmm. he's dynamic. He can scramble. He can run. He can move around a little bit. You know, he's not a stiff, you know. But at the end of the day, if you're not special, 
yep. you, can't, you can't beat the great teams, man. You can't. I wanted to I wanted to ask you because the other half, like the really there's two players on Baltimore's offense this year that yeah. have kind of been healthy and carrying the load, and that's Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. Uh-huh. As a tight end, man, can mm-hmm. you what is up with Mark Andrews? That guy is just like phenomenal. Is he where where would you rank him among tight ends? Do you think this guy's like a, a Hall of Famer? Like what what are your thoughts on Mark Andrews? He's already a Hall of Famer in my book. I mean, he's already doing things that that better than what Ty Heap did. And um, when I when I came in, I had a chance to be I had a chance to do an internship with the Ravens about three or four years ago. Um, uh, I, I was at Georgia State and I was director of recruiting player personnel and NFL liaison at University of Georgia State at Georgia State University. And then I left there and I went and did an internship in the player personnel department at Baltimore. And I got a chance to evaluate Mark Andrews as a second year player, um, Lamar Jackson as a second year player. And I got a chance to look at Mark Andrews verbatim every single day in practice of course they gave me the tight ends so i had to evaluate the tight ends every day and when i was watching mark andrews the thing that stood out to me more than anything when i came in year one out of appalachian state i was probably down here you know mental capacity Mm -hmm. of what i needed to do physically i was way up here you know i was faster than guys twitchier than guys quicker than guys you know more athletic than guys they could play me in multiple positions but mental part of the game i was probably here mark andrews came in here on a mental part of the game and when i say that is that football is really geometry you know it's all about angles it's all about positioning yourself and understanding the the dynamics of the coverages you know the cover zeros the ones the twos the threes um the, the cover fours the zones versus the mans you know how to sit down versus zone runaway versus man and then how to push defenders to make them move from the spot where they're trying to sit in and then how to pull defenders to you when you want them to come to you and then when to break off how to get their hips turned as soon as they hip turn break down and get out of your break and now you open you know he has the nuances already coming in as a rookie that most of us didn't develop until we was four five six seven eight years into the league and that's what makes him so dynamic he's so sharp mentally um he came into the game years ahead of what years ahead of the curve of where i was when i came in as a rookie and i was really 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 impressed with that you know i'm like he he knows how to run at the linebacker to make him sit still you know and it's it's, it's such a small thing right you'll think if i run right at him he'll sit still if you run right at him, he'll move inside. You know, if you run at his outside shoulder, the shoulder closest to you, then he can't go nowhere because that shoulder holds him where he is. If he 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 never want to overrun me. If he's playing inside of me, right? He's trying to take away my inside. So if I run right at the middle of him, he scoops inside more. If I run at his outside shoulder, he sits still. He doesn't move. He's like a statue. If I run straight up the field, he comes to me like a magnet because he, as long as he keeps inside contained, that's all that matters. And he mm-hmm. understood that coming into the league. And when you see him push and move guys and set guys up and bait guys on routes so that he just comes open like magically, you're like, how is this guy so wide open? He understands the geometry of the game, the angles of the game, and it's extremely impressive. Well, that's absolutely amazing. I've never heard geometry of the game, and now I'm going to think about that all the time. That's fantastic. And I mean, thank you, bro. Coming, thank coming you. from another tight end. Yeah. You, you can pat, you can pat both, man. <laughs> uh, so l- let me ask you about the rest of the Pats catchers. Cause yeah, when it comes to Andrews, you're right. I mean, there's, he is, we, He's elite. we view him as top two. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'll, uh, I go back and forth, Kelsey, 
Andrews, yeah. Kelsey Andrews, because I right. think those two are the very best. And I, I don't want to pick a winner between the two. I, I think I think I would pick Kelsey over only. This is the only reason I would pick Kelsey over Mark is because of the blocking aspect of Kelsey is phenomenal. Right. Mm -hmm. So he has the exact same intangibles that Mark has. He has the phenomenal hands, catches everything that touches his hand. But he adds that blocking aspect. That's it's not just like Mark Andrew blocks, too. and He does a great job of blocking. But Kelsey dominates in the blocking part and he takes pride in that and that's something i had to learn that's something i had to buy into it wasn't something i wanted to do you know so i would give kelsey one give mark two now it's obvious that the steelers are going to view him as a number one wide receiver even though he's a tight end because yes. they feel like he is the number one option as far as a pass catcher then it drops off a little bit but who should we be concerned about is it duvernay is it yes. Is he the number Absolutely. number one wide receiver? If you it's, it's supposed to be Bateman. Andrew Dway? It's it's supposed to be Bateman, Brian. Honestly, it's supposed to be Rashad Bateman. But I actually I, I'm really impressed with Duvernay myself. Like the more I watch him play, the more dynamic he is. And he's like Hans Ward. He's like every time you give him the ball, something good happens, right? It's like, how is this dude just doing what he's doing? Like he's not that much faster than ever. Duvernay is fast, but when you watch Hans, he wasn't that dynamic of a you know. He didn't seem like he was that dynamic of an athlete. He looked yeah. at his body type. He kind of got bigger and bulkier as the years went on. But he was just a really smart football player. And when he touched the ball, he understood the angles of the game. He knew how to stop and go and change direction and push and move you to, so he can get open. And he understood what to do. He could, sit, he could shut it down so quick and then get back to full speed so fast. That made him a really good player, man. And um, Duvernay is such a dynamic player. He brings he brings a deep threat that, that you need you know, as a quarterback. He has the aggressiveness to run the ball out of the backfield and he can take the jet sweeps and turn them into something else. And he could do reverses and he's such a, he, and he could be your, your double move guy as well. He has a little twitchiness and a little change of direction in him that, that that's surprising. And, and it's pleasing because he's a return guy, right? You know, mm -hmm. so usually when you see return guys, they usually have a little bit more stop and go and they got better hips than a lot of the other receivers. And, I think he's a guy that you just try to get the ball to him as much as possible any way you can and, and kind of capitalize off his athletic ability. You know, um, and I, I think Bateman has that deep threat ability too. He has that long ball speed. He's tall, longer guy, and um, he can make you miss. He can stop and go as well. He kind of has a little bit of that Hollywood Brown in him, and I think he's he could be a pretty dynamic guy. He's, his issue is just trying to stay healthy this year. You know, so just because, you know, Duvernay has been more healthier than Bateman, you know, I'll roll with Duvernay. Two things real quick. Uh about the receiving position, and you mentioned mm -hmm. Heinz Ward. Uh, uh -huh. A lot of people forget Heinz Ward had that hundred-yard touchdown return against the the seemingly Baltimore team in the Batman movie. Brian, so nobody, remember, nobody cares about that. It was blowing up. You <laughs> saw the movie. The nobody stadium was blowing up, and Heinz yeah. Ward went all the way. <laughs> yeah, the the world was collapsing against. All right, the world was falling apart. The field was holes and stuff in the field. <laughs> Heinz Ward it, still did it. Yeah, man. It, it, nobody cares, Brian. <laughs> now, the other thing, you mentioned Hollywood Brown. As a Steeler yeah. fan, I could, um, one of the greatest trades I ever saw was him going to Arizona because yeah. that guy tears up Pittsburgh like crazy. So yeah. that, that to me, is addition for the Steelers by subtraction for the Raiders. Uh, the Ravens not having yeah. him in there. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think losing Hollywood was, you know, anytime you have somebody that's great friends with the quarterback, it's like Brady losing Gronkowski or losing Wes Welker or, or you know, or Julian Edelman. You know, it's, it's, it's not a good it's not a good look. You know, you got to try to figure out a way to keep a guy like him. And I understood where Hollywood was coming from. He wanted to be the guy. He wanted to be the guy that you depended on mm -hmm. to win, not a guy that was a part of the win. 
And that that comes with a little bit of selfishness, a little bit of me or whatever. And they say there ain't no I in team, but like Kobe said, there is a me in team, you know, me, you know. So um I, I'm not mad at Hollywood, man, for trying to, you know, better himself and put himself in a better situation and and to put himself in a situation where he played with his college quarterback again, who was also a good friend of his. And and um and, and it kind of, you know, he wanted to kind of make himself an elite receiver. And I hope he gets the opportunity to do that in Arizona. You know, um, and it and it does does that helps our conference out a lot. You know, Pittsburgh don't have to see Hollywood now. You know, Cincinnati don't have to see him. Cleveland doesn't have to see him. You know, and we, Baltimore don't. We don't get a chance to use him like we used to. So, uh, I'm, I'm wishing Hollywood all the all the love and blessings and success he can get out in Arizona, and I hope he plays extremely well for them. All right, well, we're gonna take a short break here. We're a little uh, past our normal mark, but we're gonna. Take a commercial Dang. break, and we'll be right back. If you're uh, listening to us, watching us live, we're just going to sit around for a minute. Uh, if you're on the podcast, stay tuned, and we will be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, welcome back here. We're talking here with Daniel Wilcox about the Baltimore Ravens game upcoming. I want to switch real quick to the defense. Okay. And I want to talk about uh, a linebacker that uh, in Patrick Queen, who mm-hmm. has really come on and become really a, a, a top tier linebacker, in my opinion, okay. who can cover pretty much anyone and is is flying all over the field, making plays everywhere. Uh, what what's your what's your thoughts on Patrick Queen? How how important is he to this team, and how good of a player is he? I think he's a really good player. I think he's going to be even better now that we brought in Roquan Smith. Um, I think competition is really important, you know, no matter what. I think he was the only guy there in the middle of the field for a while that was a factor, you know. Now the Ravens linebackers are starting to actually show up a little bit more and starting to make more plays. I think the Roquan Smith move was a super smart move by, you know, Eric DaCosta, the GM, uh, bringing a guy like him in who's the league leading tackler at the time, which will push somebody like McQueen to, to play even better. I can remember my rookie year in the league, Jeff, um, I was with the New York Jets, and um, we played the Baltimore Ravens, the first the first home game in New York. And the thing that impressed me the most about that about the Ravens at the time was Ray Lewis was a young Ray Lewis, and I think I remember the first ten to fifteen tackles he made. It didn't matter if it was up the middle, if it was sideline to sideline, if it was ten yards down the field, he was on every freaking tackle and I was like who the freak is this dude you know and to me that's what middle linebackers are you know growing up as a kid you know going through high school you know through college your best middle linebackers are on every single tackle and that's what Patrick McQueen has to do he has to be the guy that has 25 tackles a game your Bart Scott's your Ray Lewis's you know your James Farriers you know those type of guys where you like this guy don't care he's a He's a grinder. He's he'll get gritty. He'll get dirty. He'll get up and get pissed off. He'll pick the flag up and throw it in the stands. You know, he just he's an animal, you know, and I think if he can figure out a way to to get back to that side of himself, I don't think nobody can stop Patrick Queen. 
Daniel, I'm looking at this defense, and now you just mentioned adding Roquan, and mm-hmm. you just added Marcus Williams in the offseason. I don't see many holes. I mean, because you've got you've got the Chuck Clarks, you've got you've got these guys, you've got players. Where are the holes on this team? Because I'm not seeing it. I know it's going to be one of those slobber knockers when they take on Pittsburgh, and it's and you take the under in this game. Brian, you're, you're so kind, man. Are you such a nice guy, man? I don't know if it's because you stay in Maryland and you like Pittsburgh that you're being so nice right now, man. But we've given up over like 540 yards in the fourth quarter in four games that we lost. Okay, we've lost four games in the fourth quarter, 500 and sub. If just imagine if it was one game and you played four quarters and you gave up 530 plus yards in those four quarters, it's the worst game you probably ever played in your life. Right. We've lost four games in the fourth quarter and given up over 530 some yards in just those four quarters in the fourth quarter. That's how bad our defense have played this year. And when you think about Baltimore Raven or Pittsburgh Steelers defense, that's that's neither one of our defenses. Hold up, bro. Like, our defense is losing games? Like, nah, that don't happen. We've got leagues in the fourth quarter, and we're giving up leagues. And I don't I don't understand, you know, what's going on. Early on, I can understand the miscommunications, you know, the Miami game, you know, a couple games early in the year. I can understand the miscommunications. you got a new D.C., you know, he's, it's not like Mike McDonald is unfamiliar with Baltimore. He was here for a long time. When I was doing my internship, he was the, the linebackers coach at the time. And he's a phenomenal guy. The players really respect him and love him a lot. You know, he left to go to Michigan to be the D.C. in Michigan one season, came right back, got the D.C. job, you know, in Baltimore the year after having a great, phenomenal year in Michigan. Um, even brought one of his players with him from Michigan, you know. And he got here, and, um, and I think there was a little bit of adjustment that needed to be happening the first half of the season. And I thought we was past it. And then this, then two weeks ago, we had that freaking, that horrible game. We just dropped the ball too many daggone times. I don't know what it is, but I, I just feel like our defense, you know, Williams is a great addition. You know, Hamilton was a great addition. You know, your two corners, phenomenal. You know, I just think we got two of the best corners in the league. You got two of the best safeties in the league. Williams got hurt early in the year. He was causing all type of problems in the back end. You know, we was causing fumbles, getting interceptions with him. Just played phenomenal. Adding Roquan Smith, having, you know, McQueen. Um, you know, you, you just got Bowser back. You know, we had so many guys coming off IR from last season. You know, we still ain't fully recovered. We're finally getting to the point now, week 14, where we're starting to look like a healthy team. All our all our running backs was out last year. It's crazy. It was just a bad year. Um, Clayus Campbell, you know, everybody got kind of got banged up and beat up. But we starting to look like a, a team that can be a real contender. And two weeks ago, I was saying we was the best seven and three team in the league. I really felt that. I really believed that. Like we are best seven and three teams in the league. But for some reason, something's not clicking. And I don't know what that thing is, Brian. I don't know from the outside looking in. Maybe you and you and Jeff could figure that out. You know. But from my side, I'm looking at things like, bro, like something got to be wrong either in the locker room or in the coaching office or something. Something ain't clicking right. Our defense is dynamic. Our defense is special. Our defense is scary as hell on paper. You know, it's like I don't want to see Marlon Humphrey and, and Peters, you know, on, on the corners and then Hamilton and Williams back there at the safety, even with Chuck Clark and all those guys, you know, even Stone could play. All those guys can freaking play. And they all had to play last year when everybody got hurt. And then they got hurt too, <laughs> you know. So it's like I, I don't know, man. I, I think we're one of the most dynamic teams on paper. And we just haven't played like that. I still don't feel like we played a good game all season. You know, we're sitting at what seven or eight wins right now, and I don't think we played a good game all season. We haven't played a good game. I feel like Amar's played good. You know, he hasn't played a great game yet either. 
You know, when he plays a great game, you can't stop talking about it. And we haven't had that game yet this year. You know, and the defense haven't played a good game all year long. You know, we've won games. We've played really well at times. We've had really good quarters at times. But we have not put together, you know, four quarters yet. I can't hear you, Jeff. Jeff, you're on mute. Sorry about that. I love hearing you talk like this because I'm looking at statistically over the season, the Ravens are a top 10 defense. Right. In this league. But just like here in Pittsburgh, when you'd be like, oh, man, our, our, our scoring defense is 10th, and people are like, and? That's that's not good enough. Right. you got to finish top games. Five. You've got to be a defense that wins a game to be something. Uh, so I, I love hearing you talk about that and saying, hey, that you know what? Stats are fine, but you got to yeah. close out games. Uh, you got to close them out. I, I want to ask you about this because it, it kind of goes along with that. We've seen uh, Justin Houston. He's 33 years old, been around bowling. for a long time. He's got nine sacks right now. Bowling. Yeah. Bowling Jason out. Pierre-Paul is hanging around. I, I was like, yeah. wait, is that the same guy? Is that the same Jason Pierre-Paul? Yeah. He's still around. Calais Campbell's 36. Yeah. Is is that a problem for a team to have? I mean, they're obviously – they're guys that are playing really well. Right. But they are older. It's not a problem at all. I think when, when I look at the roster that we have, you know, Houston has played likes out all year. Pierre Paul was on at home on the couch. He was watching TV. You know, he was at home watching movies, Netflixing and chill with his girl. We picked him up off the couch because we had too many injuries over there on the outside linebacker spot. And we need to help bad early in the year. I mean, we just wasn't getting any pressure on the, on the passer at all. And that's unlike a Ravens defense. You know, you've always had a Terrell Suggs, a Jared Johnson, you know, somebody to come off that edge, you know, Matthew Judon, that was going to give you some kind of pressure week in and week out that was going to make you be like, all right, I can't sit back here and pat the ball. Man, people are back there eating lunch back there sometimes against us, man. And I just don't understand what's going on. Um, there's something that's not clicking between the D.C. and the players right now and maybe the defensive staff and the players where everybody's not on all cylinders. We're having, you know, mental breakdowns week in and week out. We have busting coverages week in and week out. And then we're just not <clears throat> playing lights out like we should. I don't know if we're playing too south in the fourth quarter or too safe in the fourth quarter. Um, I know a lot of teams go to you know, revert the quarters and, and kind of play a prevents type defense where you got all, you know, both corners fall off about 20 yards, both corner, both safeties deep about 20 yards. And you try to give everything up underneath and then come up and make the tackle. And that just hasn't worked for us. You know, I feel like we just got to continue to be the aggressive team, you know, that we've always been. I, you know, I just we, we're just not playing the way that we should. I don't think age is a problem, Jeff, at all. I really don't. You know, I feel like that veteran leadership is the leadership you need to go win a Super Bowl. You have to take advantage of the leadership that you have and the veterans that you have on the team, the Clayus Campbells. You know, you should want to go win one for a Clayus Campbell. He's never had that opportunity to even smell that game. Get him there. Find a way to get him there and watch what he do for you. You know, Ray Lewis last year, he was, what, year 18 when he won his second Super Bowl? And he led you all the way there with that veteran leadership. So I don't, I don't really think – you know, age is an issue when it comes to playing this game. The biggest issue that age gives you is salary cap. You know, nobody wants to pay the older guy, you know, $10 million a year when I can go pay this young guy 450000 a year. You know, so it's like, how can I get three three of those 450000 guys to replace that $10 million guy a year? And that's what most teams do. They get rid of that guy, make some room in the salary cap. They bring in two other guys to replace that one guy. And those two guys' stats combined gives them what they lost with the other guy. And that's the strategy that most teams use. And they've been using it for centuries or, or how many every years. I don't know. It's crazy. But 
Um, I don't think age is a problem, Jeff, at all. I really think they got enough veteran leadership where they should be a much better team than what they are right now. Daniel, you made me feel really good because uh, you mentioned JPP, and then I was getting ready to Netflix and chill on my couch tonight. <laughs> and then Jeffrey <laughs> called me to do the show. So I'm like, I'm just like an NFL player. I think. <laughs> Absolutely. So, there you go. Where's my pension? No, all right. With that Nose being said. Nose guard. Nose guard. Nose guard. I've got some Syracuse in me. I mean, you got a little goose in you. You got a little goose in you. RIP goose. And I, we both went to Pitt. How about that? There, there you go. Okay. There's, okay. There's a, but Shout right, out you, to Pitt. Yeah. They, that. Goose was something special. Um, he was. Let me let me ask you about the coaches in this game because, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I rail on Harbaugh all the time just because he's not a Steeler coach. You know, because I just he's right. the enemy. He's the bad guy. You yeah. know, um, but it seems like right now you've got Super Bowl winning coaches in both cities, and they're both taking a lot of heat from their fans right now, mm-hmm. and and they're not getting the respect they deserve. Can you speak on that? I. What do you see when you look at both of these coaches? And I know you've had experience with Coach T back in the Tampa days. So I'm going to ask you about these guys. Well, both very, very different coaches. You know, they're not the same type of coaches at all. Um, Mike Tomlin, to me, has always been a player's coach where he kind of understands, you know, our bodies. He understands how hard we work. He knows when to turn you up. He knows when to shut you down. Um, and he's a guy that's very likable by almost every single body in the locker room. And um, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a team favorite. Like I don't, I don't know anybody that didn't like Mike Tumlin, maybe, maybe um Antonio Brown, maybe the only person in the history of the world that didn't like Mike Tumlin, you know, but he's just a, he's a phenomenal guy. The way he walks in his presence alone, you know, makes you want to sit up in your seat and, you know, just, you know, prep up. He's a, he's a great guy. I, I like, I like Mike Tumlin. I, I only played one year in Temple with Mike. And if I was going somewhere right now, he would still say, Wilcox, what's up, man? How you doing? You know, he would still approach me. I think last time I saw him was at a golf tournament or something in Miami. And I have no idea why I was at the – I can't golf, guys. Why I was there, I don't know. I think I was there to drive the caddies or drive the buggies for somebody or something. I don't know. But I suck at golf. But he, he walked right up to me like he hadn't missed a beat. Mind you, I'm an offensive guy. He's a defensive coach, you know. So he wasn't on my side coaching me. He was on the defensive side trying to tell those guys to stop letting Wilcox run all, all over the place like he crazy around here, you know. And um, and he still remembered me, you know. Every time we meet, you know, it's it's like the brotherhood. I think, oh, you know what? The last time I saw him was at the um the year I was in, in Baltimore doing the internship. I went to the combine, NFL combine with the Ravens that year, and I saw MT there, Mike Tomlin there. He's a, just a phenomenal guy. Hardball on the other side, you know, he's a special teams guy, you know. So his coaching, he, he loves special teams. His all his emphasis is going to be on special teams, and he want to make sure that we win the special team battle because that's how you win the game, right? You know, the field position battle people take for granted. You don't understand, like you know, if you kick the ball off to us and we return it thirty yards, that's three touch, that's three first downs. If we mm-hmm. if we get a, a kickoff return for thirty yards, that's three first downs that your offense don't have to get, right? So, and then that gives you great field position. Now you get the ball on the 45 or the 50 yard line going in. Now your quarterback working with a short field, you know, with a kicker like Tucker, all you need is 20 yards and you got a freaking, you know, you got a field goal. So you got three points just like that. So that's how you win the field position battle. Then if I punt it to you, if I don't get the first down, I punt it to you and we already got the ball at the 45 or the 50, I get to ping you inside the five. So now you got horrible field position. If we get a sack fumble, it's a touchdown. If we get a sack in the end zone, it's a safety, right? So that's how you play the field position game and you try to win that game through every kicking game throughout the game. 
you know, call your field goals, make them all, block everybody else's field goals, disrupt them, whatever you got to do to stop them from getting those in those in the field goal range part of the game. So that's always Harbaugh's standpoint. And Harbaugh has a little bit of a mentality where he's really, really, really cool with you today and then really, really, really don't like you the next day. So you have to figure out which Harbaugh you're going to see sometimes. But he's that guy that always keeps you on your toes, right? Mm -hmm. Because you don't know if you like, hey, coach, you know, and he'd be like, what are you doing? Get ready for practice. You know, he's looking at you crazy, like, get your butt ready for practice. Tie your shoes up. You know what I'm saying? And then the next day he's like, hey, man, how's your kids? You know what I'm saying? How's your kids? How's the wife doing? Man, I love that cake she makes. Your wife got a cake that's phenomenal. You know, tell your son, you know, keep it up in school. You know, he's that guy. You know, he's mm -hmm. he's such a such a weird dynamics of what you're going from left to right with, with, with Harbaugh that he keeps you on your toes and you're always trying to figure out which angle he's going to come at you from be prepared for anything and work your butt off because he's not going to ever press the pause button. It's always play. All right. That's phenomenal. Great, great insights here today. Thank you Love so it. much, man. Uh, we're going to, we're coming to the end of our show here. Uh, so I want to thank you for being on and, before we let you go, Daniel, we always try to get a prediction from our guests. I don't know if you're mm -hmm. okay giving us a score. If you can, give, give us the whole prediction, everything. Uh, I, I what do you think is coming up in this game? I suck at predictions, Jeff. I've been horrible giving these things last four we or five too. weeks. We're oh, yeah. Too. We're awful. You're we have a whole show dedicated to how bad our predictions are. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, Jeff, I'm going to say – I'm going to say this game is going to be a close game. I haven't said this in weeks. I've been saying the Ravens is going to score 35. Other teams are going to score 14. You know, for weeks now, I haven't been close. But um, I'm going to say this is going to be a really close game because I just think both teams are not playing extremely well right now. I know Pittsburgh is going to get up to play this game. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like it's going to be one of the best games Pittsburgh's played this year. I just feel like that's just how it goes when we play Pittsburgh. If they play like crap, they play, they play like crap all year long. They don't care if they 0 and 20. They're going to play us like they're the number one team in the league. So I'm going to say Pittsburgh is going to score right around 17, 18 points. And then I'm going to say Baltimore is going to win by a margin of one or three. So we're going to be 20, 21, you know, somewhere around that eight, no, 17, 18 to 20, 21, somewhere around there. I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game at all. I think Huntley and Andrews will definitely connect for a touchdown or two. I think Isaiah likely may play extremely well. He's been phenomenal and kind of like low-key really good for us, you know. And um, <clears throat> I think DuVernay will do some great things. Um, I love Kenyon Drake. I think he's been playing well. I think 27 is back on the field this week, Dobbins. So I think he's going to give you guys a run for your money, you know. But I think Pittsburgh is just going to play great ball like they always do against the Ravens. And, and they'll keep this game tight. They'll keep it tough. They'll keep it It'll be a, still a hard-nosed game. It's a pride factor that comes in this game, man. And I don't care who you are. You know, if you don't have no pride about yourself, you can't play for either one of these teams. But this is going to be one of those games that you get a chance to scrap those, pull those pants up, pull those shoulder pants down, scrap that helmet up, zip, zip. And then you put that mouthpiece in, and you're going to look at that guy across from you, and you're going to say, I'm going to kick your butt, you know, every single play for 60 reps. And um, I'm finna represent the Steel City. I'm gonna represent the Charm City, and we finna go to work. You know, I'm finna show you what Baltimore is about. I'm finna show you what what Pittsburgh is about. And I just think this is gonna be a bloody game. It's gonna be a really bloody game, about as bloody as it could be right now since we play flag football. 
but it's going to be as close to we <laughs> to we could possibly be. It's going to be as close to a bloody game as you've seen in this new flag league that we're playing. All right. Wow. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Tremendous. Um, before we let you go here, let everyone know where they can see more of you, hear more of you, uh, online, everywhere. Uh, tell them where they can find you. Well, any podcast form out there, you know, Believe in the Ravens podcast is me and Bo Smoker on the Believe Network. And um, also my IG is Daniel.Wilcox. And then my Twitter is Coach Wilcox. Is that Coach Wilcox at Twitter? So, I mean, I try to repost everything that we do. So if you guys send me the leak, I'm definitely reposting it. You guys are phenomenal. Uh, really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was going to be way worse because you guys are Pittsburgh fans, but you guys are actually pretty decent guys. You guys are not like some of the people I've met at Pittsburgh, you know, walking around with all this purple, all this yellow and gold stuff all the freaking time, waving terrible towels in your face all the time. I'm talking about you, Brian. Um, um, you know, but you, you catch us at the game. It's a different story, man. This is Wednesday night. Hey, by Sunday, it's a different story. It's a different story. Got gotcha. our, our yeah. listeners know, and you heard the disclaimer. Don't pee on our couch. You did a great job. We appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate it, guys. I, I do. I do have to jump in and say one thing. Yeah. Um, Carrie's trying to take my job in the live chat here. She's trying to book you already for this before the second game for Know Your Enemy. Hey, Carrie, yeah. let's do it. All right. All right. Hey, <laughs> Jeff, that just made our job easier. Uh, <laughs> All right, man. We don't yeah. have to scramble before the game now. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Whatever you guys need, man, feel free to reach out, you know, and we'll we'll make it right. All right. Thank you so much. No doubt. Thanks for having Thank me, guys. You. Thank you, sir. All right. No doubt. All right, Brian. Great guest, great time. I don't, I don't know how to follow that. I tell you what, I mean, one of the best guests we've ever had on this show, I, except the best guest we've ever had on the show. I absolutely love it. We're definitely going to be begging him to come back. So I, I definitely we will be doing that. Um, it's going to be a great game. It's Ravens Week. Oh, yeah. Anything can happen. You throw out the record book. You throw out the records. You throw out history. You just know that something crazy is going to happen. And that's what's going to happen in this game. And I cannot wait for it. I hope Daniel's wrong about the final score. But <laughs> with that being said, it's going to be great. And, man, I could have talked to him for another seven hours. Yep. I My thought to this game goes Kenny Pickett and George Pickens in their first Baltimore game. These are – it's our, our recently since the bye week, that's our leading receiver and our quarterback. That's going to be a big factor in this game is how these young guys handle their very first Ravens game. And especially, I I really want to see George Pickens in this game and how he embraces this rivalry because he seems like a guy who would start some stuff. He seems like a guy that could give us a little throwback to the old days, you know, where it was a little a little chippy and a little dirty and, and that's the way the football was played. So that's what's exciting to me, Dan. Uh, Brian, before we go, I'm going to get your prediction for the game, and then I'll give mine, and then we'll end the show. So I already started to write this down in uh, my Bold and Bizarre predictions, which are uh, – I, I haven't gotten to the ridiculous yet, but I, I gave the Steelers the win, but I gave them only two touchdowns in four field goals from – and I'm this is Shannon's joke, Shannon's nickname, and I'm going to take it. I don't know if you know this, but – Matthew, all right, all right, all right. So that is Shannon's. <laughs> since Shannon's not on, I'm going to take his, I'm going to steal his thunder. I'm going to steal his nickname. I think that's great. Four field goals from Matthew. I think they win this game 26 to 23. You're going a little higher scoring. I know he was going a little lower scoring, but but I'm, I'm kind of on your side. I think the offenses for this team are going to 
really push it. And I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with 24, I believe is what I had figured out. 24 uh to 17. I think we see the Steelers really control this game on the ground. I think they found that recipe last week in Atlanta. I think they roll with it, and we see this game get pulled away at the end. When we force Tyler Huntley to throw the ball a lot. And I th- I think that would be a great recipe. I would love to see it. But what we think and what happens, I'm not saying that the Ravens win. I'm not saying the Steelers win. I just know that you're going to be, at the end of the game, you're just going to be dropping your jaw like we did last year in December when Harbs is going yeah. for it on the goal line, two-point conversion, uh, you know, just stuff like that. You know, y- you just throw everything out, you know, like a gorilla monsoon used to say, batten down the hatches. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Brian, anything you have that you want to tell people about to look out for on the site, on the podcast, uh, go ahead and plug all that. I'm Look, I'm the podcast producer, so I'm going to plug everything. If you are missing some of these shows, if you're missing what Ian's talking about, then you're missing some great Twitter talk. If you are missing the cutting room floor with Jeffrey Benedict, which is you, I know it was a couple of days ago, but if you're missing this, you're missing some film room on audio. And when we first talked about putting that show on, people thought we were crazy. Jeff's like, I don't know how this is going to work. Not Je- Jeff Hartman. I don't know how this is going to work, but I'm willing to listen. And now it's like, it's one of our flagship shows. If you are missing Kevin T-, Kevin T. Smith and anything that he says, then you are missing a clinic. And I do a show with him and it's almost a shame to have my name on that show because it is the Kevin Thatcher Smith show. Here we go, the Steelers show, the pregame show. I just sit back. You can't see me because it's on audio. I sit back like this. And I just listen to the guy because he can just go and he's a coach and he, he explains stuff that we just don't know. I mean, I learned so much tonight. It was great listening to Daniel Wilcox, the guy who played the game and he was, there was some technical talk there and it was absolutely great. So, so many great shows. We're going to have the, uh, the preview tomorrow night. Um, I'm also doing, I'm, I'm doing the tankers guide for you just to let you, for those that are holding out saying they still want that top pick, letting you know what needs to happen. If you're rooting that way, I'm like, I think it's time to stop it that way, but I'm going to keep writing for you because, Hey, I got a quota. (laughs) All right, Brian. Uh, As for me, I have the uh, Dave Schofield and I have the vertex coming out. Uh, That should be out tomorrow morning. As long as we get our, all our paperwork filed, whatever. Uh, but that's going to be about the Steelers run defense last week, where the flaws were, where they were attacked and what they need to shore up for this matchup against Baltimore. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Um, other than that, make sure you're as, as Brian said, make sure you're tuning into all of our podcasts on the behind the steel curtain radio here on YouTube and, and Facebook, and also anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Uh, and click over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com to get stay up to date on all the stuff going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers. For everyone in the live chat, thank you for participating. We love reading your, your comments. We love the interaction. Uh, everyone listening at home, thank you so much for listening. As always, have a great week, and let's go Steelers.